Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All righty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is the final New York, New York of 2023. Holy smokes. JJ Johnson, Stresky, keeping you company right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And I know I speak on behalf of all the Jeff fans who are out there listening to New York, New York for the final time this calendar year. Every Jeff fan of my life, from Stefan to Beningo to Fliegelman to Keenan to Dad Jastrzemski, you name them, they can't wait. For this schlong of a season to be over from a Jet perspective. And I was actually dumb enough in thinking the Jets would keep this game competitive against Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. And my goodness, I could not have been more wrong. You want to talk about a quarterback that had every opportunity to go and stick it to his former team. How poetic was it in the first half of this game? Joe Flacco slinging it all over the field. Joe Flacco making plays, buying time, throwing the ball, throwing touchdowns to Elijah Moore before he gets knocked out of the game with a concussion. And it just goes to show you two simple facts. Yes, no, nobody expected the Jets to beat the Browns today. So that's, that's not something that we are revealing here. But this game, I thought, was eye-opening from this standpoint. Number one, Joe Flacco would have never in a million years been doing this with the New York Jets. And it's one of the main reasons why 
Kevin Stefanski as a head coach runs circles around a guy like Robert Sala. He just does. The Cleveland Browns have gone through four different quarterbacks this year. So I, I, I know we like to have a lot of narratives of, oh, well, if Rodgers was here, if Rodgers was here, if Rodgers was here, there are a lot of other teams that have seen shit hit the fan with season-ending, back-breaking quarterback injuries. Cincinnati has seen it. Cleveland has seen it. Minnesota has seen it. I can go on and on and on. But yet, these teams, in some levels of varying degree, found ways to still look pretty competent as an offense. When the Jets have been inept and pathetic and as bad as can be offensively all season long. If you think Flacco would have been putting up numbers the way he's putting up numbers in Cleveland, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be coached the same way. His line's not as good. It's not even about the weapons. I mean, Joe Flacco didn't have a Mark Cooper today. His number one receiver before he got hurt was Elijah Moore. Think about that for a minute. Elijah Moore. Running back. The Browns around Nick Chubb don't have anybody as good as Brees Hall. They don't. But yet, look at what the Browns can do offensively and look at what the Jets can do offensively. So that takeaway was pretty clear and obvious to me. Number two, and a lot of Jeff fans aren't going to like to hear this, and I understand there is an offseason, and I know moves can be made, and I know that the roster could look different. Sure, in theory, it could look different. It could look better. And you can easily spin me on a narrative that you'll paint in front of me where the Jets could go and be a playoff team next year. But this narrative that Aaron Rodgers comes back, this is a Super Bowl team, can, can we cut the bullshit on that? Can, can we calm down with that? This is not a Super Bowl team. It's not. From the coach to the line, even the defense, it's good. It's not great. Got torched by Joe Flacco tonight. Got torched by Miami without Tyreek Hill a couple of weeks ago. It's a good defense. Good. Top, top six, top seven, top eight. It's not the number one defense in the league. And it's overrated. It's good. It's overrated. Okay, can we call it like it is? And I know people say, well, this, the, the, you're not playing with a quarterback. The, 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 but sooner or later, enough. It's good defense. And it's not particularly well coached. It's talented. No, nobody's arguing that. Talented. But I don't look at the team and say, oh, Aaron Rodgers is there. They're a Super Bowl team next year. I'm sorry. I, I do not buy into that. Especially after what I've seen on the field this year. That's the second thing we've got to bring to the table. Number three, it's not the best look for this head coach to get the endorsement. Oh, everybody's back. And I do believe that everybody is back. And to put together a game like this. It's just not the best look. And Salah after the game was basically asked, are you, why aren't you more mad? That's a dumb question. Can, can, can we call that what it is? Robert Salah after a loss like this, throwing a podium, you know, and to his point, I agree with him on this, throwing a microphone, throwing a fit, whatever the case may be, it's not, it's not going to change anything. It's not. But the reality of his record is something he cannot ignore. And I don't want to hear one excuse next year from anybody within the Jets about things that have gone wrong. 
I don't give a rat's ass. Be a playoff team or ship out. That goes for Douglas. That goes for Salah. That goes for all of them. I don't want to hear another word about this Jet regime ever again if they don't make the playoffs next year. Goodbye. Say what you want about the owner. In many ways, with this regime, maybe because he was overseas as the ambassador a few years ago, and maybe because he kind of parachuted in uh, in 2021, he's been patient with this group. You can't sell me otherwise. He has been patient. That patience needs to end. They got a mulligan. Major, major mulligan because of what happened with Aaron Rodgers. But other teams around the league had to deal with shit. They had to deal with adversity. And they handled it. The Jets fell flat on their face. And I've said this now for the last couple of weeks. Why should I feel confident in this head coach? And why should I feel confident in this general manager? I don't. I don't. Because it feels like here we go again. Similar type merry-go-round going into 2024. Now, for the Giants, it'll be Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback. And for what it's worth, I think that's the right decision. I know the veto mania is going to go down as a fun chapter in Giant history. And it was an enjoyable subplot. I'm not going to sugarcoat it over what was a miserable, rotten, and vile Giant season. But you're playing the Rams and you're playing the Eagles. I think for Brian Dable, he'd like to go and win one of those two games. Giant fan maybe does not want to go and win one of those two games. But for the coach, uh, for what he's about, for the guys in that locker room, they they want the guy out there who gives them the best chance to win. Tyrod Taylor clearly gives them the best chance to win. It's not close. He's a more talented quarterback. He's a more accomplished quarterback. And if you look at the veto against the Saints and then his first half against Philadelphia, all of a sudden Tyrod Taylor did come in and gave the team a spark. So I totally understand what the head coach is doing. Now, the problem, if you want the Giants to go and win this game, the Rams are playing great. Stafford is playing great. They got three receivers that are making plays in Nakua, in Cup, and now in Robinson. And the Rams, with extra time to prepare, McVay may be doing one of the best coaching jobs of his young career. I don't see how the Giants go and win this game. You want to tell me the Giants go and compete? You want to tell me the Giants can go and make this game competitive? You could sell me on that. The Giants are not winning this game against the Rams. The Rams need this game to go to get to the playoffs. They can't assume that San Francisco is going to rest their guys in the final week of the year. So, I think you get a spirited effort from the Giants, but I think it will be a similar script to what we had against Philadelphia. Close, but no cigar. I think the Giants will probably lose their next two games, and then we will be in the position of spending a whole lot of time talking to Jim Daniels, uh, talking Michael Penix, and talking about any of the possible quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy, maybe. Who the hell knows? But I expect that to be a major subplot going into 2024. So, not the end of 2023 that we all envisioned, you know? And I was thinking about this, and I want you guys to weigh in on this when we do voicemails on our next pod, which I haven't decided if it's going to be New Year's night, not Eve, night. New Year's night or the second early in the morning at 917-382-1151. I couldn't put together a top five New York sports moments list this year because they were few and far between. One and two were really easy. The others was like, Beyond grasping at straws, considering 
the Yankees season, considering the Mets season, considering the football season here this fall, nightmarish. So what I decided to do is put together a top five New York sports moment and really a good and bad of what we lived through here in this 2023 year. And I tried to keep it topical to what really mattered to us over the course of this year. So the five I gave, and I tried to be fair and balanced here. I gave you three basic transactions, and then I gave you two moments that we actually saw on the field. I'm going with the transactions. Five, the Mets, who spent all this money in the middle of summer, waving the white flag, and saying goodbye to Max Scherzer and saying goodbye to Justin Verlander. It was the right decision. It was the practical decision. But you want to talk about a seismic shift for Steve Cohen and company. That's on there. You know what else is on there? The move that happened just a couple of weeks ago in Yankee land. The Yankees finally acting like the Yankees and going and acquiring Juan Soto from the San Diego Padres, which sets the stage for what will be a very fascinating 2024 in the Bronx, where there is much more work to be done from a Yankee perspective as far as the rotation, maybe adding a reliever, the rumors about Josh Hader, all of that's on the table. But the Yankees adding Soto, significant in more ways than one. Then you have the Jets acquiring and then losing Aaron Rodgers like that. Think about what this season was going to be from a Jet perspective. Even what it was on September the 11th with Aaron Rodgers running out on the field, holding the American flag, all the excitement, all the buildup, all the anticipation, gone! Like that. Think about how much time we spent talking about Aaron Rodgers on this podcast and he played four series, four plays, one series of football. Let me make sure I get it right. Four plays. Probably spent about 20 hours. If you go back on your Spotify Rewind listening to what we devoted to Aaron Rodgers. Now, 2-1 was actually on the field. I didn't know where I was going to go with this. I could have gone Giants. I could have gone Knicks. I put the Knicks two. They beat Cleveland. They win their first playoff series in over a decade. I put the Giants one because they actually, believe it or not, had a longer playoff win drought. Think about how we started 2023. The Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings. Then the Knicks win a playoff series. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a really good year around here. This is going to be really fun. A year that started with a whole lot of anticipation and promise blew up in more ways than one. So that's my top five. 2023 New York Sports Recap. Voicemails, 917-382-1151. Let's take two. Steph, let's go. Hey, JJ. This is Aaron in Iowa. Merry Christmas, first of all. Then, Happy New Year. Speaking of the New Year, 2023, a disappointing year for New York sports, unfortunately. How would you rank, in terms of disappointment, the Yankees, Mets, Giants, and Jets? Giants and Jets seasons technically aren't over, but everyone knows they've been over since Halloween. So those four teams, the two baseball teams and the two football teams. 
how do you rank them in order of most disappointing to least disappointing or the other way around in their 2023 season? Let's hope for a better 2024 for each of those teams. And yeah, happy new year again. Peace. Happy new year. And I appreciate that. That's a really good question. Um, I think everybody's perspective on this is going to differ because of what your fan base may be. If I'm going to look at this rationally, the biggest disappointment out of any of these teams, number one has to be the Yankees. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Yankee fan. I am saying that because the Yankees have a ginormous payroll. The Yankees were in the ALCS. They have a top three player in the sport and judge. They had the Cy Young Award winner in Cole, and they didn't make the postseason. And they had their worst season since 1992. I think the Rodgers injury is a big bummer. But as far as disappointment, I'm putting the Yankees number one on that list. Number two on that list. It's a very tough call for me. That's a very tough call. Does the Rodgers injury maybe notch the Jets, knock the Jets down to three? It might. Where the Mets, all right, they had some injuries in 2023, but it kind of flamed out. I'm going to put the Mets there too. Because you know what? Even with Rodgers coming to the Jets, and even though some people had Super Bowl aspirations, the AFC was loaded. Like there was an avenue and a pathway to the Jets going 9-8 and eight, not making the playoffs in the AFC this year. I'm going to say the Mets are two on that list because, yeah, they lost Diaz, but they had Scherzer, they had Verlander, they had the lineup that won 100 games a year ago, and they were sellers at the trade deadline with a good majority of those guys playing. So I'll put the Mets two on that list. And for those of you wondering why the Yankees are one and the Mets are two, well, it's simple. The Yankees have Aaron Judge. I know he missed time. I don't care. They have Garrett Cole. And they went deep in the Mets did the year prior. So from that standpoint, it's, it was a bigger disappointment to me. They both were. Honestly, if you wanted to put the Mets one, you could. You want to put the Yankees one, you could. The Jets have the excuse, right? But as I said earlier, this is not a Super Bowl team with Aaron Rodgers. Not this version of 47-year-old Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. They are not a Super Bowl team. Aaron Rodgers, this roster next year, they're not. I'm not convinced they're making the playoffs. They might, but I'm not convinced. And then the Giants, that last on that list, as crummy as their season has been, they don't have a whole lot of talent. Whereas the other teams, you thought they had a little bit more talent than maybe they actually do. and yeah, you better be right about this, Aaron. I hope 2024 is a much better and a much happier New York sports year. All right, let's take one more. Jay, Jay this is Jeremy from Long Island. I just finished watching the Jets on Thursday night. Uh, obviously, this game doesn't matter, but I still wanted to watch my team because I know they only have two games left, and it's going to be a long nine months of a terrible Mets season. Uh, or I'm not going to have the Jets to look forward to every Sunday. So I thought I'd sit down, but a few friends over, watch this horrible game, and immediately... Just the ineptitude of this team. I know the games don't matter, but the penalties, the clock management, the play calling, it's horrible. It's inept. This season is inexcusable. I know Rodgers went down four plays in, but the way that they've been performing since basically week eight after the Giant game, and even there, there was tons of problems. But, you know, I think they've won two games and lost seven or eight since. 
against pretty average teams, it's inexcusable. And, and, and I'm telling myself this, and I'm telling my Jets fans this, my Jets fan friends, there's going to be a hype machine, right? Rodgers is going to go on McAfee every Tuesday or whatever. He's going to start doing the hype machine. And we might not get hard knocks, but we're going to make a big splash in the draft. We're going to make a big splash in the free agency. Whatever it is, this team has a low ceiling with this coaching staff. Maybe they can win a playoff game, but they I don't think they can ever win two. Maybe I don't even know if they can make the playoffs. How undisciplined they are. I mean, Makai Beckton is a turnstile. The whole line is going to be gone. Uh, I just, there are so many flaws. And over and over again throughout my life, I've just seen a franchise that tries to fix things the wrong way, never looks at themselves in the mirror, never does the right thing. And I just feel like Rodgers, no Rodgers next year, is going to be the same story. And I don't want to buy into the hype like I did this year, because this year kind of broke me as a fan. So anyway, good luck to your Dolphins later. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Biggest Dolphin game in 20 years on Sunday against Baltimore. I'm going to be saying that a lot over the next couple of weeks. Big Dolphin game, big Dolphin game. Hopefully I'm saying that a lot more. Uh, I know it's going to annoy a lot of you, but I don't really care. Uh, hopefully there's another trip to South Florida in my future. That'll be obviously contingent on what happens over the next few weeks. But to your point on this jet coaching staff, the team was not prepared to play. They had no answers for a Cleveland team that didn't have Chubb, that didn't have Cooper, that lost Elijah Moore. You want to tell me they shut him down in the second half? Who cares? Where was their answer to David Njoku in the first half? How about the fact that this team ends up with 80-something penalty yards again? You're right about the hype machine. It's going to be there. Roger's going to be spinning it. The Jets are going to be like, hey, he's back. He's back. He's back. Everything's okay now. He's back. He's back. He will be back. That's great. But one man alone is not fixing this mess. Like Joe Douglas, you want to be the GM? You want to be the guy that's going to regain the trust of his fan base? Because the fan base really had Joe Douglas's back a year ago. I was one of the guys leading the charge. That has changed drastically with the way this season has played out. Not having a backup quarterback, having a crummy offensive line, not having a second receiver. Defense, good. It's not great. The decision to go with a pass rusher in the first round when they could have used a wide receiver, when they didn't get an offensive lineman. Like, there there were a lot of whisper to Joe Douglas this year. And I know that some of it is, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers needed the guys he wanted. Yeah, that's some of that's true. But the draft, that had nothing to do with it. It didn't. The backup quarterback had nothing to do with it. Douglas has lost a lot of that goodwill. But everybody's playing for their jobs next year. What's Robert Sala's record? 18 or 19 games under 500? I don't know. If I don't have it anymore off the top of my head. I, it's 14 to 32. 15 to 32. It stinks. Okay? It stinks. Not many coaches get a fourth year with that record. They don't. Regardless of circumstance, regardless of situation, he's going to get it. We'll see if he makes the most of it. It's a good thing we're chatting with Joe B after the Jet game. Although Joe, see, the thing with Joe is Joe still wants to believe. 
even if the team is six and ten or whatever the case may be, he wants to believe. And I, as you'll find out, could have been more wrong on this game. I thought the Jets would keep it close. And a little egg on my face uh, when it comes to that one. But hopefully I will not have egg on my face for our picks coming up. And I need to keep it going. I have closed the deficit. I am alive and kicking, trying to chase down Joe. I need my first ever old school, new school title. It's there to be had. We got two weeks of regular season games. Then we got all the playoff games to pick. So work to be done, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Joe Beningo and the Ort Dice and the Jason Katz coming to you next. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. A couple of favorite bets this week. I think the Raiders are overvalued. I think it's a great sell-high spot on them. I like Indianapolis laying the points. I like Miami and Baltimore to go under their total. I know people think of fireworks because of what happened last year. I think Vic Fangio and that Dolphin defense combined with what the Ravens are doing with their defense, that game has under, under, under written all over it. So the app, it's so easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays, find bets in the new explore tab and make a parlay in the parlay hub. The best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus in present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. It's now time for the Week 17 edition. Hard to believe. Week 17 edition. Of old school, new school. You hear him right there. Joe Beningo, he's hey. had a busy week. He did the morning show earlier today. Now he's got to stay up late and watch the Jets. Uh, but, Joe, here we are. We got yep. the home stretch of the NFL regular season. And I'm going to start here. I think it's as wide open an NFL as we've had in a long, long time. Now, I think yeah. San Francisco, people are going to kind of overreact to what they saw on Monday night. I talked to you about this when I went on your show a few days ago. I still think they're the team to beat. I still yeah. think they're the class of the league. But I think you could look at about six to seven teams and say, hey, if things break right for mm -hmm. them, they could go win a Super Bowl this year. I really believe that. Yeah. I, I You know, I don't know if that's that many. I don't know if I quite completely agree with that. Uh I got to see. I, I don't know if I would go six or seven. I think that's a big number, to be very honest. Really? Okay. Baltimore, <clears throat> yay or nay? Uh, I'll give them a yay, but I need to see the Ravens win. I need to see Lamar Jackson win in the playoff. I get that, but they're the one seed, so they're, they're going to be right. in the mix. Right. Miami, are you putting them in that mix? You know what? I'm I'm not sold yet on the Dolphins getting to the Super Bowl. I, I, that's I fair. Think they got, Listen, they have I, a lot to prove. Yet. They have yep, a lot to prove. Sold. They haven't won a playoff game in 20-some right. years. I get that. Buffalo. They got a couple tough games coming up here, too. I mean, no you know, doubt about it. Okay. Won yet. On that note, Buffalo, you're putting them in that group. I think Buffalo right now, even though they struggled against the Chargers, uh, I would put them next to the Ravens in the AFC. Fair yeah. enough. Ahead of Miami. And then in the yeah. NFC, you got to put San Fran there. That'd be Number three. one. I still think the Niners are winning. And I still yeah. think you have to put Philly and, and yes. Dallas in that mix because yes. of the pedigree on their roster. So yeah. 
I mean, just based upon that, I gave you five teams right off the tip of my tongue, yeah. Joe. I don't buy the Lions, by the way. I can't That's fair. They're another one of these teams. Fun right. story, likable, right. but a lot to prove. So you may not say six. I may say it's a little <laughs> bit more than that, be that as it may. It's a good field, and it should I, be I a don't fun know. race. I will say this, too. As bad as they've played, I don't know if you could completely count the Chiefs out yet. You can't. No way. The, the, Listen, the I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year. They got Mahomes and Andy Reid. Right. Of course you right. got to put right. them on that list. Right. You have to. Right. Um, You're not going to like to hear this. I have made up some ground on you in a big way over the last no, two weeks. Time. No, I know you have. No, I'm well aware. I've I've dropped the ball. I'm two six and two over the last two weeks. So I well, got really some regression. Up. Let's be honest. Some regression to the mean was inevitable for yes. you. Yeah, and, and I got some bad breaks early in the year. So listen, we have <laughs> yep. kind of evened it out a little bit, which means we're going to have a fun competition last two weeks of the regular season, and then of course we pick all the playoff games, and we'll go from there after a four one week. High watermark, I think, of the year at 41, 35, and wow. 4. You, you are right up my ass now. I sure am. But even with your little tailspin, 44, 33, and 3. So think Correct. about that. You've had two lousy weeks, and you yep. still double-digit games over 500. I'm yep. still giving you the tee box because right now you're the leader in the clubhouse. Right. You still have the honors. Week 17, Joe, five picks. We start with you. Take it away. Well, I'm going right to the game Saturday. I love the Cowboys laying five against Detroit. I mean, I, to me, Dallas, uh, they're home. Uh, they're coming off two very tough losses to Buffalo and to your team. Uh, Detroit has clinched the division already, first time in 30-something years, whatever it is. Uh, the Cowboys will roll in this game. This this game, to me, has the makings of, you know, I don't know, 35-10, something like that. We've seen a couple games this year where Detroit absolutely got steamrolled and I think that's going to happen here. I mean, Dallas needs the game. They still got an outside chance, even though I got. I don't think they have any chance. But I still think they got. They still mathematically have an outside chance to win the division. Uh, I, I love Dallas here, laying five on Saturday against Detroit at home. Uh, it's probably not the smartest strategy, considering that I'm trying to catch you. But I, I can't ignore this. I love it as well. I'm right there with you with the Cowboys. Yep. The Cowboys yep. in back-to-back games on the road played two of the better teams in football. Yep. They lost a heartbreaker to Miami, a 50-50 game that could have gone either way. They had a terrible performance against Buffalo after a big win. Now they're back at home. They're a drastically different team. If you look at the splits and the numbers, Joe, on their offense, their offense is scoring well north of 30-plus points per game when they're at home. They're a different team when they're on the road. They're back at home. They're off back-to-back losses. And the Lions, forget about the one seed. They're not getting a one seed. The Niners are not losing the next two games. The Lions just won a division title for the first time in forever. They're still partying. I I would fully expect that they're still partying. (laughs) So for me, this is a no-brainer spot for the Cowboys. They're not losing this game. And I think they're covering the five. I don't trust their defense. Give me the Cowboys. Family play right out of the gate. I'm laying the five as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. All right, game two. Uh, this team's been good to me lately, and they're playing terrific football. I know it means really nothing to them, but I'm taking the Bears at home, laying three against Atlanta. Atlanta comes off a big win over over uh, Indianapolis last week. They're still in the mix in that that division. It's a huge game there with Tampa playing the Saints this week. I'm laying off that, but I just don't buy the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are really good, and I love the way the Bears are playing, man. The Bears are playing good football. Justin Fields is playing well. All of a sudden, you know, it's too little, too late for them. But all of a sudden, the Bears, 
are playing some solid football. The game's in Chicago. Again, I just don't buy the Falcons, whether it's Tyler Henke or Desmond Ritter. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Give me the Bears laying three at home against Atlanta. Uh, I like this because we were together in game one. We will be on opposite sides of the spectrum in game two. Here's the difference in Atlanta. Heineke, a quarterback compared to Ritter, is a big difference. And I think yeah, you yep. saw that yep. last week against Indianapolis. They just look to be a far more together team. And I just get this sense, Joe, nobody wants to bet the Falcons, right? Like the Falcons, they've been up and down. They've been schizo all season. No one wants to bet them on the road. Chicago, to your point, they've played better uh, football. Fields is playing well. The defense has been much better since they got Montez Sweat. I just think this is a good opportunity to take the more desperate team, getting points against a team that hasn't been particularly great at home. So I've seen Heineke in these spots. If it was Ritter, there's no way in the world I'd make this bet. But this is one I've liked all week. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to win the game outright for what so it's worth. So we're going head-to-head in this game. We are head-to-head in game two. Give me the Falcons okay. plus the three, but I think they went outright. Okay. All right. So we got a, we got a family play and a head-to-head play right out, of, right out of the gate. Game three. Uh, I'm starting to lay some big numbers coming up here. So oh, this is right up your play. alley. I mean, it's been good right. to you all year. Ain't broke, don't well, fix they, it. They haven't been good lately. I'm taking the Eagles laying the 10 and a half against the Cardinals. The Eagles, they didn't play great against the Giants, but I think they're off the snide here a little bit. You know, the Cardinals, where are the Cardinals right now? The game's in Philly. Yeah, Philly's due for a big blowout type game. I mean, I, I think they're ready. And I think this is the game. Um, I guess they could clinch the division this week if Dallas lost, right? I guess, right? They would. Philly Dallas lost, they Philly win, they'd clinch the division. That is right, accurate. Right. If they win out, and they're going to win out, they're playing the Cardinals and the Giants. Uh, I'm laying the 10 and a half. I think this is a blowout for the Eagles. They, the Eagles are due for a, a real laugher, and I think this is it. So I'm laying the 10 and a half with Philly against Arizona. Uh, we will not have a play on this game. So we were together game <laughs> one. We were heads up game two. Right. This was one I kind of crossed off. Uh, I'm with Johnny Eagles. I think they probably covered a number. I don't go near as many of the big spreads. Like, you've had success yeah. with it. It's your baby. I feel like, for me, anytime I try to get involved, I end up having egg on my face. So I am going right, to stay right. away from this one. Well, and, let, and let's be honest well, about that. Let's be honest about that game. I had him with the, the Eagles should have absolutely covered the game. If they don't screw up fumbling a kick return, and if Jalen Hurts doesn't throw pick six, they right, probably right. end up covering the numbers. Pick so I, I don't think right. it was necessarily a right. bad pick. and. Let's be real. Philadelphia still ended up winning the game. Game three, yeah. Joe. I'm going against a team that's been good to me, which I hate doing because I bet them on Monday. Uh, I bet them on Thursday night. I love the Antonio Pierce storyline. I just think this has a letdown spot for the Raiders mm. written all over it. The Raiders just won an arrowhead for the first time in forever. They're coming to Indianapolis on a short week, and Indianapolis desperately needs the game. Now, so do the Raiders. I guess there's an outside chance for them with the right permutations to go and get themselves in the postseason. But let's just look at that game they played um, against Kansas City on Monday. They got basically two touchdowns handed yeah. to them. Mahomes yeah. fumbled, whatever yeah. the hell that was in his own end. Then he threw an awful pick six. Awful. I mean, one awful. that was as telegraphed as can be that you could read awful. from a mile away. I, I, I don't think Aiden O'Connell, Joe, had a, a first down from a passing standpoint 
in the second half of the game. They didn't ask him to do anything. Well, well he did not complete a pass. They go take it a step further. He, he, he incomplete on his last ten attempts. So let's not let's keep that in mind too. That's that's my thing here. Raiders had right. the monstrous win against the Chargers. Right. They got Staley fired. Then they go and beat the Chiefs. Short week. Indy has been well coached all year. Indy has been spunky all year. And I think this line at three right. and a half is telling you something because I expect a lot of people after what they saw on Monday are going to say, hey, Raiders beat the Chiefs. I'm betting the Raiders. I'm grabbing a three and a hook. Pierce has them playing well. I think this is a letdown spot for them. I'm on a Colts, Joe, in game three, laying three and a half. And plus, Colts also coming off a very bad loss to the Falcons last week, too. So, you know, you can back it up with that as well. I thought about this game. And I thought about the Colts. I was almost, but I just, eh, something, you know, I, I just, I guess maybe. You're wondering Antonio, if the bubble's going to pop. That's the well, only I question just, I think you'd have with Andy. It's not all, it, it wasn't necessarily that. I just had that vision of Antonio Pierce in my head. Oh, so screaming Raider and smoking cigars, right. the whole deal. I understand. <laughs> I understand. So I'm staying away from it. All right, game four, but I like the pick. I do, I really I really do. I like, I'm going with the big, I'm laying in four, the 13 with the Niners. I mean, I, I know they're on the road. I know Jacoby Brissett is starting, so that's that kind of worries me a little bit because, you know, the last two games, Brissett's played well. I mean, he played great. Look, if Brissett started against the Jets, they would have won. Oh, no doubt and about then, it. I think, <laughs> no doubt about no it. No doubt, right, right, right. And they gave the Rams all they wanted. Once Brissett got in the game, they made a run to get back in the game, too, the week before. So Brissett has played well. The Niners, they're, they're licking their wounds here. They're gonna. I, I just don't see them not blowing them out. I, I, I you know, thirteen is a big number, but um, and the Niners still haven't locked up home field advantage throughout yet. So, uh, I, I, I like the Niners in a big way here. I really do. Lane the thirteen. I can't blame you. Uh, for what it's worth, Jacoby Brissett should be a starter somewhere yep. in the NFL next year. Like you look at some of the quarterbacks. Quarterback. Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll be our starter for like the last ten games of the year. Well, year. I was gonna say I gave out a few backup quarterback <laughs> names for your team. Brissett was one of them. Garoppolo yep. was another. Like, they, they can get them. They're going to be a lot of good backup quarterbacks. I don't like Garoppolo. Garoppolo gets hurt all the so time. So you don't want another ball. quarterback who gets hurt. Okay. No. That's fair. I, that's why I'm even a little leery, even though I like him. I'm a little leery about Tyrod Taylor because he does get he hurt. Does. He lot. does. But he's another one of these. What I like about Taylor yep. and Brissett and these guys is that they've played in so many different systems. That it's not yes, just a point. system guy. It's, hey, this is the team. Yep. This is what yep. I have to work with. I'm going to find a way to make it work. Minshew's like that, too. The issue with yep. Minshew is the Jets are not. Minshew is not under any circumstances going to the Jets because he knows he has no chance to be the starting quarterback. I'd be yeah, stunned right. if that happens. Right. Stunned. Right. But right. that's a story for a different day. Well, you I never give, know. Hey, listen, <laughs> I know this. Zach Wilson. Better not be Aaron Rodgers' backup next year. That's no, all I'm going to say. Gone. I don't see. I I think we've seen. And, he, and I'll say this too. Even if he was cleared to play next week against New England, Zach, I want Simeon playing. Zach does not play well against Belichick. I'd rather see Simeon play that game. Yeah, and I honestly. think at this point they're just going to shut down Wilson for the year. All right, game four. Right. Um, I'm going to a Sunday night game. I think the Packers are taking down the Vikings. You look at LaFleur's record in the month of December, it's very good. The Vikings are making another quarterback change. And here's my issue with the Vikings, Joe, and I've taken them now each of the last two weeks. So I had them last week. It was my only loss. Two weeks ago, I bet them against the Bengals. They have lost some back-breaking games here where their playoff chances, they're on life support. 
I wonder how much they have left in the tank. Green Bay, on the other hand, even though they're in a similar position, it's a young quarterback. It's a very young team. I I think the mindsets of these two particular teams going into this game kind of tell you the story of it. And I think the line has moved quite a bit. We got it at two. FanDuel has it at one. The Packers are winning this game. I don't think the Packers are getting swept by the Vikings this year. And I just think the levy has kind of broke for Minnesota. Give me Green Bay, plus the one, and away we go. Mm. All right, bro. My final pick. I I thought long and hard about this game. All right? I'm going to the well one last time with this team. I'm taking the Chiefs, laying the seven at home against Cincinnati. All right? If there's a spot where they're going to get it done, this is it. Cincinnati, you know, the, the bloom came off the Jake Browning Rose last week. He had a terrible game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Threw three picks. You know, he played well up to that point. I think that I think the Bengals have, you know, gone as far as they're going to go now without without Burrow. DeMar Chase is hurt, all of that. You know, the Chiefs, we're watching, you know, Mahomes get upset on the sideline. We're watching Kelsey throw his helmet. You know, all these stuff, whatever. Whatever trash talking the other teams are doing to Kelsey about his girlfriend and all this stuff, okay? Because I'm sure that's going on. I really believe that. I'm taking this is I'm taking a chance. I'm giving them a shot here. I'm worried, you know, you worry about the receivers and all the passes they dropped. And you know, you're watching Mahomes run for his life last week against uh against the Raiders. But um I'm taking uh I'm taking one more shot at the Chiefs, bro. We'll see what happens. Give me give me Kansas City laying the seven. Well, Joe. If Kansas City can't have a get-right game in this particular spot, yep. you got to yep. wonder if it's going to happen at all. I agree. Since Cincinnati's defense has been awful. Anna Rumo yep. has not been able to solve the riddle. They got <laughs> no answers in the back end of the secondary. And you saw the bloom come off the rows of Jake Browning, who was dreadful also, in that game against the Pittsburgh line. Steelers. Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt just dominated their, their offensive line as well in that game last week. So that's another factor. And I'm with you on Kansas City. I think Kansas, I'm not playing it, but if I were making a play on that game, there's no way in the world Kansas City after what happened on Monday yep. is losing to Cincinnati. Joe, screw it. I'm taking them for the last game. I'm on a Dolphins plus story. I, I thought about it. I, the line to me in this game is telling. Jalen Waddle was not playing, yet the odds makers take it off <laughs> for three and a half. They drop it down to three. And what right. does the league tell us? The league, especially this year, when we crown a team, they usually uh, end up falling flat on their face. Yeah, the Ravens are the team right now that everybody is crowning after their win against San Francisco. Lamar now is the MVP. All of a sudden now, yeah. Lamar is the MVP. Right, right, I didn't hear anything right, about right, Lamar right, being right. the MVP for 15 weeks. And, and he's having a good year. I don't want to disparage Lamar Jackson. He's having a terrific, terrific season. But now all of a sudden he's the MVP because they won a game against the Niners that the Niners, let's be honest, really didn't need. I think Miami is sick and tired of this narrative out there that they're not physical, which is total bullshit. Because if you look at their defensive line, they're hitting the quarterback. You look at the way they can run the ball no, with Raheem Mostert. They are not. You know what it is? A lot of people saw the early season success and speed. It's Reek. It's it's Waddle. It's Tua. No, 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 no. Miami is a low-key physical team. I'm grabbing the three points in this game. Miami is beating the Ravens each of the last two years. Baltimore still has a good in. Forget about the division. Miami plays Buffalo next week. Miami has the division. Are they going full tilt for a one? There, there are, uh, to me, avenues for Baltimore to lose this game be okay. 
I just got a feeling the Dolphins are going to go in there and play great. Uh, call me crazy. Maybe I'm being fooled after what I saw last week, Joe. I'm taking Miami, and I'll take it a step further. I think they win the game. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I thought about the Dolphins in this game, too. Uh, look, uh, you want to avoid a, a playoff game next week against Buffalo. I, I, I will say that. A division title game because they're in the playoffs. Yeah, Remember, yeah. Miami is right. in the playoffs. It's a You're division in, title right. game. A division title game, right. Because Buffalo is beating New England, I mean, this week. There's no doubt about it, you know, especially after they lost to them in New England. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to see you guys in that scenario. I got to tell you. So I, it would behoove you to beat the Ravens here. Um, I, I thought about the Dolphins because of everything you said. Ravens coming off the letdown. Everybody's anointing them. You know, Lamar's the MVP. I mean, it, it helped Lamar that, that Purdy to It sure did. Purdy stunk in that game. Oh, <laughs> I mean, my God, he stunk. I mean, you know, let's be, let's be honest about it. So I, I, if I'm betting the game, I'm, I'm with you on Miami. Uh, a final thought. I know you're getting ready to sit down and watch the Thursday night game. No surprise here, but everybody coming back next year, Joe. GM back. Head coach, yeah, well, your buddy is back. Rogers yeah. is back. Hackett is back. Everybody back. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, you know, look, I, the uh, president, GM, and owner of the team, Aaron Rodgers, is, is basically calling all the shots, although he said he said it, it wasn't his call yeah. to activate him. Do you see what he said this week? When he said it wasn't his call to activate if he didn't want to see Nick Bowden get uh, get cut or whatever. I don't know if I believe that, but whatever. Look, I knew they were coming back. But this, you know what? That's fine. This is it, bro. They know the deal. And I'll tell you right now, next year, you got a minimum make the playoffs and probably even better than that. All right? And I'll say this too. You got to make the playoffs even if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt Nobody's going to want to hear it. I totally agree. Nobody's going to want to hear it. There's no... there. There is no more. You got. I, I've heard you say it on the on the sports night a couple times. They got their no mulligans. Now. Joe, not getting another Dallas. One. That's for sure. Chicago, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and I'm missing one. What is the one I'm missing? And San Francisco, another big number for JJ. San Francisco, Dallas together, Atlanta heads up, Indianapolis, Green Bay, and the Miami Dolphins. They're the picks for week number seventeen. Uh, nice. And are you excited for the college football playoff? Yes. I love Alabama. Oh, yeah. I am love all them. in on Alabama love against them. Michigan. I'm all in on Alabama to win it all. I think they're going to win it all. I think they they saved themselves with the game against Auburn. Um, you saw what they did to Georgia. I think that I think they're the best team. I I don't buy Michigan at all. I'm sorry. I know they had a tremendous year. I know they beat Ohio State. Great. <laughs> I just think Bama's going to beat them. The other game, I'm, I'm not so. Sh- the other game to me is a very it's a, it's a real toss-up game. Um, Washington's think, been exceeding expectations yeah, all year. But they got Texas, the better quarterback. But listen, they got the better quarterback. but Texas has the better team. Texas is yeah. the more well-rounded yeah. team. So yeah. that's a talk. I'm very strong on my Alabama lean. I yeah. lean towards Texas. I don't love Texas. Yeah. I kind of like Washington in that game, to be honest with you. I can see that. But I love Alabama. I think Alabama wins it all. I think Jalen Milrow is playing really well now. I mean, he started out the season, even you know, Saban benched him at one point. You know, he's he's really played well going into the rest of the season. I love Alabama to win it all, bro. Joseph, happy New Year to you and Terry. Thank I will you. see you next week for the regular season finale. Uh, for my sanity, I hope it's not for the division. For your sanity, we'll see if the Jets can end the hex against the Patriots oh, next week. That's it, man. 
And I fully expect them to get blasted tonight. You, you like them with the points, though. I right? do. I got to win. No Amari Cooper for Cleveland. I'm telling right. you, the game's going to be closer than you think. I'm All not right. saying the Jets are going to win. The game, remember I said this, will be okay. closer than you think. Bro, God bless. Happy New Year. You and Kate, everybody, the family. Stefan, Happy New Year. Love and happiness. Talk to you next year, guys. There you have it. The great Joe Benigo. We go from Joe B to Art Dice. Coming up. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. It's week 17. We go from Joe Beningo. To Art Dice, Art to Caesar. Check him out, Westgate Superbook Extraordinaire. He has joined us each and every week throughout this football season. Uh, and early, Happy New Year, Mr. DeCesar. How are you, sir? JJ, absolutely. Happy New Year. And listen, it's great to be here. This is always fun. I love the last couple of weeks of the NFL season because there's like mini playoff games going on throughout the week. A lot of intriguing matchups. Even if you don't think a matchup's intriguing, you look at it, and you're like, wow, Steelers-Seahawks, that's a big game. Uh, Bengals-Chiefs, that's a big game. There's a lot of big games that have playoff implications, so I'm a big fan of these last couple of weeks. No doubt about it. And we'll have plenty of matchups this week where there's a lot on the line for both teams. But you do caution everyone, on When they're looking at point spreads now, don't just be, hey, they have to win, therefore they have to cover, right? Like, we, we should be careful with that. I totally agree. I'll say one that is, you know, we always talk about a fishy line or a ratty line. I don't even think this is fishy, but, you know, don't feel you need to now run to the window and lay 13 with Buffalo. I think Buffalo will do their thing and win the game, but New England's defense is good. New England has really not quit. They've played really well these last couple of weeks. They beat the Steelers. Obviously, they beat Denver. You know, those are teams that have problems, I understand. But Buffalo just needs to win. They're not worried about covering a point spread. And they didn't do it last week when they had to do it on the road, Brennan, you know, against the Chargers. But don't feel that you got to go lay big numbers sometimes. Some of these teams just want to win, keep their health, and move on. Uh, giant line. They're going back to Taylor, a quarterback. It's moved a little bit here. Is that Vegas telling us that they think the Giants are more alive in the game with Tyrod Taylor? Because to me, they are more alive in the game with Tyrod Taylor. I think so. And listen, lifelong Giant fan here. I think the Tommy DeVito thing is great. It was fun. It gave us a little bit of uh, fun in these, you know, these couple of weeks in a really bad season. But the Rams are good, man. That's a good team. I think if DeVito had to go against the Rams, it would have been a problem. Obviously, Tyron Taylor is a veteran. He's been around. He probably gives them more of a chance to win. And I think that's what you see. And listen, Money comes in on the Giants, too, because you were almost at a touchdown as a home team on a team that they think maybe defensively can compete a little bit. So when it was six, six and a half, I think that's why you also saw money come in on the Giants. Okay. We always talk about the idea of be careful of the darling of the week prior. And this season, especially Art, has had a lot of instances where we have crowned a particular team. They have gotten all the accolades. They've gotten all the bows. And then they go and they fall flat on their face the following week. I know Baltimore's had a great season. 
Now, all of a sudden, the MVP odds have shifted insanely. Brock Purdy, it was his award to lose. He has one bad game. Lamar is good, not not like off the charts, like drool-worthy against San Francisco. And now, all of a sudden, Lamar is minus 200 to win the MVP. Like, that just kind of seems a little insane. And I'm not, I'm not even one of these guys that's banging the drum for Brock Purdy. I just think it's ridiculous the way these MVP odds have fluctuated. That said, by that narrative, is everyone rushing to the window betting Baltimore this week against Miami? That's my feeling. A couple of things. As far as the MVP goes, you're totally right. We're sitting Lamar minus 180, McCaffrey in second at three and a quarter, and then Purdy and your guy too at nine to one. Purdy fell all the way to nine to one for us. And it's funny, when you're in an MVP race that doesn't feature Mahomes, it doesn't feature Brady, doesn't feature Rodgers, doesn't feature guys who basically take the MVP and run with it the whole year. This MVP race, I've never seen anything like it with the odds flipping every week. As far as that game goes, you're absolutely right. Sharps have not come in on the game yet, but the public's all over Baltimore. I don't think there's any surprise there, and we are hesitant to go to three and a half. We don't want to go there yet. We're at Baltimore minus three, minus 120. We don't want to go to the three and a half until we get someone we see on either side respected, and then we can kind of play with the number because we know the second we go to three and a half, we will get sharp action because they'll take the number, not necessarily take the Dolphins. They will take the three and a half because of the number. So it's interesting to me that the Sharps haven't come in on that game yet. Public all over Baltimore. Fair enough. At three and a half, you like Miami and you see it, which is where it's at for a little bit of a big at 122 on FanDuel. You like Miami. You're suggesting to anybody out there grab that number now, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, JJ, I think we've talked about this over the years. Yes, you want to bet teams. You want to bet spots. You want to bet home. You want to bet a lot of things. But sometimes you just have to take a number. And Miami at a three and a half is the right number. Getting that Because truly, the real home field advantage now is probably two, two and a half. It's not really three anymore. And... If you can get three and a half, that's like this really should be Ravens two and a half in a real world. But the Ravens coming off the way they played last week and dominating what everyone thought was by far the best team in the league. That's why I think you've seen the bump from two and a half to two and a half to three. I think that's why you're there. So the value is with Miami. All right. Well, I was looking to smell a rat. Uh, last week, I nailed it with that New England Denver line. New England outright with the field goal to cap off a very Merry Christmas. What are we smelling for the rat here in week 17, Art? Well, like I said, don't feel you need to run to the window to bet the double-digit two-touchdown favorites. I think Chicago laying three points to Atlanta is wild. I, when we opened that, I couldn't believe it. You know, we have a Bear fan in our wrist room, and I was like, hey, you know, he, he's been on this. Well, if we win all these things, you know, we're not eliminated yet. I go, well, you're underdogs this week. And then I'm thinking, oh, wait, hold on. The Bears are actually favored. I am shocked by that. I, if you wanted to tell me the Bears were minus one, fine. Atlanta plus three to me seems like a layup. And you know usually how that goes. But I think the rat line is Chicago laying three. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right, we'll get to that momentarily. I'll give you my picks. Red hot as of late. We are mm -hmm. at the high water mark on the year of 41-35-4. and four. Here we go. Or right. Dallas on Saturday night. Atlanta, you nailed it, grabbing those points against Chicago. I like Indy. I think it's a great sell-high spot on the Raiders after their big win on Monday. The Packers with the uncertainty for the Vikings at quarterback. 
And then last but not least, the Dolphins grabbing a three against Baltimore. How do we feel about those? I love your picks, and you're right, JJ. You have been very hot. Let's start with the Saturday game. Really great game, obviously, Dallas at home against the Lions. Dallas is just a different animal at home. I I mean, you know, if you're going to lay in a contest five, you feel good. It's not five and a half, six everywhere. I think Dallas is the play at home. You got to get the check mark there. I understand Miami in a contest scenario is going to be three, but it's still the right side. I'm with you. If the public is going to be lining up on Baltimore, you always want to be on the other side of that normally. So Miami is a good check mark. Indy, I'm not with you on Indy just because of the number. I think if there's two and a half, three, I'd feel better. I understand sell on the Raiders now coming off that big win against the Chiefs on Christmas Day. And the Colts are really hard to figure out. They're obviously a little bit better at home than they are on the road. But their defense isn't that great. And I know the Raider offense struggled in that game against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs defense is good. I think the Raiders can put up some points, so I wouldn't want to lay three and a half. That's probably the only one I don't agree with you on. Green Bay, listen, you're getting the value in a contest at plus two. It's now a pickup. Sharp money has come in on Green Bay. The quarterback's better for Green Bay, and Green Bay's still playing for a lot. I like Green Bay there, and we know we like Atlanta because Atlanta should probably be favorite of the game or the game should be a pick. I like four out of your five, JJ. And I like the sound of that. Now, for Benigo, we are together on one of these games. We're heads up on the other. We're together on Dallas. We're heads up on Chicago, Atlanta. The other three, Joe going back to the well, the big favorite. Did not treat him well last week, Art. But he's going with Philadelphia, San Francisco, and then Kansas City, which is not nearly as hefty a favorite. So Dallas, Chicago, Philly, KC, and the Niners. Thoughts? Obviously, we love Dallas checkmark. We don't like the Bears. you got to give him an X there. Joe is a beauty, man. He loves laying these favorites. And, you know, it was good to him earlier in the year, but you're right. It hasn't been as good of late. I like Philly. I think Philly, you know, listen, they messed around last week, kind of let the Giants hang in the game. But obviously, Arizona has been dead for weeks. Philly, of course, with Giants, Arizona, and then Giants again aren't going to be tested in these last three or four weeks before the playoffs, but I think they'll kind of maybe work some stuff out, maybe even try some stuff. So I don't mind laying a big number with Philly. Kansas City, I think it's seven is worth a look. If it was seven and a half or any higher, I would not feel good about it. I think their defense will keep Browning kind of in check. And obviously, you know, Cincinnati's banged up. They got a lot of injuries as well. I think you have to like Kansas City in that spot. San Francisco, and it's not because of what happened last week. I think San Francisco is dealing with a lot of injuries. Now they have to go across the country, on the road, around the holiday time, basically win the game by two touchdowns. This, to me, feels like a game that they win between 7 and 10 points. I don't feel I'd want to lay the big 12, 12 and a half, 13. So I like 3 out of 2 for Joe. But you're getting the check mark again, JJ. You are the hot hand. You are the guy right now. Still like Joe's picks, but I like yours better. All right, buddy. Now it's your turn. Tease. Two-teamer. What are we thinking? Two-teamer. We're going to go with Atlanta because you have to. You have to go through seven with Atlanta. It just feels like the right scenario. I think Atlanta is going to win the game, so I'm getting nine points. I feel good. And then we talked about, yeah, you know, you can't figure, hey, this is a must win. But Jacksonville's got to win this week, man. And I don't even care. And I think Lawrence will play. I don't even care if he doesn't play. They are at home against the worst team in the league. And if they don't win this game, it's over. They have to win this game. And I'm able to tease it to a pick. They will find a way to win the game. So the two-team six-point teaser, 
Atlanta on the road against Chicago plus nine. Jacksonville at home against Carolina. Pick them. We got to get you hot with these. That's what it we do. Down to. Oh, we got to get Oof. you hot with these teases. Um, I have to say this before we get to the college football playoff. Or you've known me a long time. I used to really get into this bowl week. I used to love it. I used to bet on all these games. I, I'd go nuts watching them. I couldn't care less about any of these games that have been played this week. Like, maybe it's because we had three NFL games on Monday, and I know we had an NFL game on Thursday, so there's not nearly as much of a gap. But I, I was just out of the mix on Tuesday. I was out of the mix on Wednesday. And I really don't have much of a desire to get in the mix until we're talking about these games being played on Monday. Um, I, I, I know college football is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. They need the expanded playoff. But these games stink, dude. They're, they're not worth betting. I have no idea who's playing. I'm just out on these bowl games. JJ, they're brutal. I, I'm with you, man. I, college football is such a love for me. And bowl week, especially when we get, you know, through the first 10 days of bowl season, and we start putting the 8, 9, and 10-win teams out on the field competing. You're right. With all these opt-outs and these transfers, and you just don't know what's going on. It's impossible. Games flip completely. Spreads move seven to ten points. Favorites go from underdog to favorite, back to favorite. It's just really hard, man. And you're right. They're stuck in a weird place because obviously when they get to the expanded playoff, that's going to be amazing. We're going to have all these playoff games to talk about, games that mean something, players are going to be playing. But as far as these matchups go, they're just not that great. They're really not. The intrigue is not there. And I'll say this. You notice it at the betting windows. Outside of the sharp groups that are going to bet and obviously are going to have positions in games, you don't see the public running the window to bet these games. You just don't. Fascinating. Now, I do know the public is going to be rushing to the window on New Year's Day. Two very interesting semifinal games. We talked about it when they announced them. Committee had it right. Bama, a one-and-a-half-point underdog against Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Then you have Texas laying four against Washington. Let's start with the Bama-Michigan game. I expect the public is going to be on Bama. I know it seems square. It seems obvious. Art, I don't care. I think they're better. I think they match up well with Michigan. I have them at 7-1 to win the title. We took that right before um, the playoff was announced. I feel good about it. I like Bama in the game. Talk me out of it. You have been on them from the beginning, and that 7-1 ticket is beautiful. What a ticket to have. We're sitting Michigan minus two, so, you know, half a point higher than, you know, kind of where it is around the country. But Michigan minus two, total of 45. If you're taking Michigan on the money line, you're laying a dollar 30. If you're taking Bama on the money line, you're getting a dollar 10. I see, I lean Michigan, but I understand taking Saban, taking the points, and probably in a spot like this. Now, you're in a different scenario with a seven to one ticket. But I think when you're in a one, one and a half, two point scenario, you just take Bama on the money line if you like them. I don't think you feel like, hey, I got to take the two points. You know, college game really isn't going to end one or two. So I think if you like Bama, you take the money line. I think if you like Michigan, you lay the points. Or you could even take the two out of it and lay the 130 and just play the money line on either side. I think Michigan is the right side. As far as us as sharp handle go, we've seen action on both sides. This has been one game where Sharps have lined up on either side. So for us, we're probably going to be in a pretty good situation unless a lot changes here over the next couple of days as far as a decision goes. There's really not a crazy decision on this game as far as the two games go. 
this game is pretty good split action. So, you know, we're really not pulling for one side right now. Fascinating. All right, so good two-way action on Bama and Michigan. As far as Texas and Washington is concerned, Washington's burned me a few times this year. They burned me in the Pac-12 title game. Penix's been great. They've been very resilient. I think Texas is better. I think the line kind of tells you, quite frankly, on that Texas is better. I'm laying the four. So Texas, right? We're set, sitting there right there. Texas minus four. Total of 63 and a half. Obviously a really big total. This is an interesting game. We are going to need Washington in the game. And we saw some sharp money early when we had Texas at three and a half. Bumped us to four. And then there's really been no movement since then. Public has come in on Texas as well at the four. Man, this Washington team with those receivers, you know, I, I think that they're live in the game. I think they have a real shot to win the game. I actually think, too, the total's a little high. I think you'll see kind of some nerves early in the game. Two teams that really haven't been there. I actually like the under in the game as well. I think they'll start scoring in the second half, but I think early they play tight. I think if I leaned on this game, I think I would lean taking Washington with the points because I think they have a real shot to pull the pull the upset. Wow, not that it's fascinating. A crazy, not, not that it's a crazy upset, though, JJ. I mean, we're no, talking about four points, Brad. No, it's not. Not no. in the least. Um, interesting. Nope. We're heads up on both of these games. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I like that. We had a good United <laughs> front with the NFL. Uh, not so much a United front when it comes to the college football. Buddy, happy new year. Enjoy all the football this weekend. Uh, we'll chat next week. We'll have week 18 NFL lines, and we'll have a line to discuss for the national championship on Monday night. JJ, nothing better, man. Listen, nothing but health and happiness to you and yours. Obviously, a big 2024. Let's end the football season right. And obviously, we'll go into the last week of the NFL season, which is so crazy to think about, my friend. We will talk next week. Hard to believe we're talking about 2024. All right, Dice, man. Thanks for joining us. You're the best, JJ. We go from our Dice to our fantasy connoisseur for the final week, Jason Katz. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. For the final time this season, which is really hard to believe, Jason Katz, Pro Football Network, Fantasy Football Championship week. Are you ready? I am ready. It's hard to believe it's the final fantasy week of the year. I want to start here. There are a lot of key injuries that we have to monitor. I lost Keenan Allen. We talked about this two weeks ago. You said he's not playing another down for the Chargers. He's not playing another down for the Chargers, at least in 2023. Jalen Waddell is probably not going to play for the Miami Dolphins. It's possible Zay Flowers is not going to suit up for the Baltimore Ravens. So for people, Jason, that are like ravaged by injuries, what is your piece of advice? Like the waiver wire in some of these leagues, I guess it's going to depend. You might have some guys, you may not have some guys. How do you kind of handle 
hey, it's championship week. I'm there. But at the same time, I got to go and add somebody maybe in the process. It's a very difficult thing to manage. But one advantage you have with it being week 17 is you can drop any player you're not going to play this week. Because it doesn't matter if someone else picks them up for next week because there is no next week. The only thing you want to do, and it, by the time you're listening to this, it should be fine, is you don't want to drop anyone that your opponent might need. So you want to at least wait until Friday or Saturday, depending on how long the waivers are, to make sure that whoever you drop is pushed through waivers uh, on Sunday so your opponent can't pick them up. But now for some specific players that you might be able to grab off the waiver wire, there are actually a decent amount of guys out there that you can kind of just throw, uh, throw in them in the mix that, are, that might have some value this week because of all these injuries. At the running back position, now, Clyde edwards is probably rostered in too many leagues, but if he's out there, he's going to start this week because I have to check out some practice yet this week. He is a, a top 15 option in, in a great matchup against the Bengals. A more under-the-radar guy, Zamir White ran for 145 yards last week when Josh Jacobs surprisingly didn't play. And he hasn't practiced yet this week either. Now, the, the beat reporters seem to be optimistic he's going to play, but if he doesn't, he is a borderline must-start as well. And then flipping over to wide receiver, there's still a couple guys out there in, 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 a, in a bunch of leagues, like Demarcus Robinson is only rostered in 23% of the of leagues. He's scored in four straight games. I know that relying on touchdowns isn't the best, but he's playing with Matthew Stafford, who's playing at, at as well as he ever has in his career. It's just the Giants defense that struggles against receivers. So, so there are guys out there that you can pick up if you need to cover injuries, but hopefully you've got the pieces already on your roster to go and get that championship. All right, Jason. This is maybe the most important week of the year for you because the people are counting on you to deliver for their championships. They want to be holding up the trophy, they want to be holding up the belt, uh, and they want to be cashing going into 2024. For the final time, what are we like at quarterback, and who are we avoiding at quarterback? We are starting Kyler Murray against the Philadelphia Eagles. Since returning, Kyler has flashed the upside that we've seen in the past when he was a consensus top five fantasy quarterback. He scored 20-plus fantasy points in three of his six starts, but he's still been more floor than ceiling overall. I think that could flip this week. This is a great matchup on the road against an Eagles defense, allowing 21.4 fantasy points for him to quarterbacks. That is the most in the league. They are one of just two teams allowing more than 300 yards passing per game. Now, Kyler runs too much to probably get to 300, but he could throw for maybe 250-plus, run for 50. And I think he might score two, if not three times this week. He could carry your team to a championship. As for our sit, I'm going pretty bold here with this call. because This is about something that I think is going to happen this week, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to have to eat it. Jared Goff, I know that this game against the Cowboys is one of the highest overrunners on the slate, and typically you want to start players in that matchup. But man, I really just think the Cowboys are going to hubble the Lions this week. It is just a prime letdown spot for the Lions, who just clinched the NFC North. Cowboys back home, coming off back-to-back tough losses. They need to get off their, their losing streak, and the Lions don't really need this game. Uh, Cowboys are allowing 15.8 fantasy points per quarterback. It's the 14th fewest in the league. It's not a great matchup, not a terrible one, but Goff has historically struggled on the road, and we saw what happened earlier this year in that game against the Ravens where they put up like six points total. I think we could see something like that against the Cowboys this week where Goff just completely falls apart for just this one week. He'll be fine next week, which doesn't do anything for us. But I think this week, Goff is a risky start. Total smash spot for the Cowboys. Couldn't agree more. Now we'll see from a fantasy perspective if Jared Goff is a good start or a bad start. 
thinking there'll be points in that game, but I also think it could be a Cowboy bomb. You know, maybe Jared Goff uh, is hitting showers by the time you hit the fourth quarter. All right. Bold call there. I like it right out of the gate. Running back. Let's see what we got with bold calls, normal calls, whatever calls you got. What do we got, Jason? Uh, same game. We just went for quarterback. DeAndre Swift. After a four-week drought, Swift finally cracked double-digit fantasy points last Monday afternoon, carried the ball 20 times for 92 yards, and scored his first touchdown since week 11. I know it's tough with Swift because he kind of needs those touchdowns because he's not really getting uh, much work in the passing game. He hasn't even seen a target in two of his last three games. And we, we I don't know if anyone out there heard uh, Jason Kelsey on, on his podcast talking about what the Eagles do and, and that unfortunate uh, joke about Swift basically saying, hey, listen, guy, either... Go down at the two or get in the end zone because if you get to the huh. one, you know what we're doing. And it was pretty entertaining, but it, it is unfortunately true for his fantasy managers. If they get to the one, Swift's never getting the ball, literally never. We know what the Eagles are doing. But there's a really good chance Swift could rush for another 100 yards this week and possibly score a touchdown from two-plus yards out. The Cardinals have now taken overtaken the Denver Broncos, allowing the most fantasy points per game to running backs. Projected positive game script for the Eagles. I think we could see a, another big game for Swift this week where he finds the end zone. Now for our sit, this is a guy who actually had as a start last week, and now we're going the other way. It's Aaron Jones. Last week, Jones came through. But it's a much different spot now against a much tougher Vikings run defense. They allow the 13th fewest fantasy points per game to the running back position. Now that alone is not enough to reason to, to pay Jones. The issue is more his usage. He is still talented enough to be a productive fantasy option. He proved it last week, running for 127 yards on 21 carries. And while those are great rushing numbers, he's only playing around 50% of the snaps, and he is not catching passes, and he's not getting goal line carries. We, we saw Patrick Taylor primarily operating the passing down role with A.J. Dillon not really able to do it with his broken thumb. When they got to the goal line, it was Dillon punching it in from the one-yard line. So without a soft matchup, Jones can still be efficient on the ground. He can still carry the ball 15 times for like 80 yards, but what is that going to do if he doesn't score and doesn't catch any passes? So I think you should be a little worried about Aaron Jones in championship week. Fascinating. You go from the guy you loved in the semifinals. Now he's on the naughty list uh, going into the finals. Hey, just goes to show you no loyalty. Just win, baby. Last but not least, Jason, wide receiver. All right, Nico Collins. He has sorely missed TJ Stroud over the last three weeks. He's posted lines of one for 13. Then he missed the game due to a calf strain. And then he caught four passes for 18 yards. Yes, he found the end zone last week, but... If not for that, I mean, it would have been a disastrous day. But help is on the way. Stroud has cleared the concussion protocol. He's going to start this week. And they, the Texans need this game because they are still in the thick of the playoff race. Timing couldn't be better for Stroud's return. Home game against the Titans defense, allowing the sixth most fantasy points per game to receivers. The Titans have been a pass ball defense that sees a league high. 72% of their receiving yards allowed go to the wide receiver position. I think we should see Nico Collins get back to his seven-plus catch, 70-plus-yard ways on Sunday. And finally, the sit. I'm going big this week and should have been here for weeks, but it's time to put Stephon Diggs on the bench. I am sorry. I know that people say start your studs, and that is true. But are we really calling Stephon Diggs a stud? In in a typical 12-team fantasy league, even if we assume every single team is starting a wide receiver at the flex, we're looking at a maximum of 48 receivers started every week. You don't, need to, you don't need me to tell you to not start random wide receiver. I don't come on here and tell you to not start Devontae Parker or Darius Slayton, right? Yeah, well, both those guys have been better than Stephon Diggs since week 10. Why are we still starting Stephon Diggs? Well, of course, it's because his name is Stephon Diggs. He's been the elite wide receiver one for, for the last half decade. I understand that. But 
what we've seen over the past six weeks matters. Yes, Diggs did post a 658-1 line against the Patriots in Week 7, but that was a long time ago in a surprisingly competitive game in which the Bills lost. I think the Bills are going to have a much easier time at home, and they're going to run the ball. And, I mean, Diggs just hasn't done anything for the better part of the past six weeks. I don't know how you can continue to trust him when he's playing this poorly. So I'm not saying you have to bench Diggs, but if you have better options, do not hesitate to put a guy like Diggs on the bench based on his recent performance. I love you going bold. Final show of the year. You got Jared Goff and Stephon Diggs on the bench. That's what I'm talking about. Go big or go home. Jason Katz, Pro Football Network. Tweet him. Jason Katz 13 if you need those start sit fantasy help, advice, whatever you need going into your championship. Jason, hats off, bro. Fabulous job all year. We love you. Uh, and we'll chat soon, I'm sure. Uh, I love pairing on this show. It's one of my favorite things to do every season. Really appreciate you having me on for all these years, going back to the other place. And I look forward to uh, great week 17, great NFL playoffs. Hope everyone wins. And I'll see you all next year. That's right. We'll have Jason on to recap after the draft and free agency and all that stuff. All right, Kitty. Happy New Year. We go from Jason Katz to Jeff Bunny. Week 17 picks. Let's hear him, bud. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here to handicap a picks before week number 17. So as far as last week, I hit my money play on 8-7 and seven on the year. As far as the week, I wound up going 2-3 and three on 37-41-2 and two on the year. And you hit your best bet. You put yourself at 10-6 and six on the year. And we know you had a great 4-1 uh, week there. What are you, 41-35-4? Head-to-head, we had no head-to-head matchups on 8-7 and seven against you on the year when we match up on our contest plays. And our family play, we hit our family play when we match up on our contest play. We are now six, seven, and one. All right, here's my five plays. Game number one, my money play. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus the two and a half over the New Orleans Saints. Game number two, I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars minus the six and a half over the Carolina Panthers. Game number three, I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts minus the three and a half over the Vegas Raiders. Game number four, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers minus the 12 and a half over the Washington Commanders. And game number five, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the three and a half over the Seattle uh, Seahawks. All right, again, my five plays, my money play, I'm going to take the Buccaneers minus the two and a half, the Jaguars minus the six and a half, the Colts minus the three and a half, the 49ers minus the 12 and a half, and the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the three and a half. Let's see if we got some family play action. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I love the fact that we have a family play with Indianapolis. I absolutely adore that. And I give you a lot of credit on that Tampa play. I know a lot of the Sharps are coming in and bet New Orleans. Why? New Orleans stinks. The coach stinks. I'm down on the quarterback. The Sharps loved New Orleans last week against the Rams. How did that work out? Line scares me a little bit, but there is no way in the world I make the case for betting the Saints. So you got my endorsement for sure on two of those. Uh, I love the Indianapolis pick. Absolutely, absolutely love the Indianapolis pick. Now, we are not going to have a show Sunday. It's New Year's Eve. I want everybody to enjoy their New Year's Eve. I'm either going to fire up a pod late Monday night after the college football playoff or early Tuesday like we did last week. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. I know it's kind of weird, this whole last week of December type vibe. I have to admit, I've been like thrown off all week. Christmas on Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday felt weird. Like, just the, the whole week has thrown me off. But we will have something either Monday or Tuesday. That is a guarantee. And then we'll be back on Thursday. And then we'll be back on our normal schedule. 
and we'll be rolling into the month of January. Stefan, I will see you in 24 hours. Uh, medium rare, cream spinach, bacon, all of the fixings, all of the blessings imaginable at Peter Lugans. It is going to be a rocking time. I cannot wait. So, Steph, great job as always. I will chat with you guys in 2024. Happy New Year, one and all. JJ out. Enjoy. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia, or call 100-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.